Well, here we are again, streaming stories of entrepreneurship, business, and leadership on Radio Entrepreneurs. We've been doing this for over seven years now, constantly as the economy has been changing, how people have been adapting. We like to think of ourselves as very current with what people are doing. And uh, since the beginning, we've always had to speak with and learn from Mark Furman, attorney uh, and partner at the law firm of Tarlow, Breed, Hart & Rogers. Welcome back, Mark. Hi, Jeffrey. Great to be with you. I um, was hoping to talk about uh, a hot topic today uh, in the news and in the legal world, and that's, of course, the subject of uh, uh, vaccinations and whether employers uh, can, and if they can, should they require mandatory vaccinations? And there's a, like everything else in this country, it's like a, it seems like a huge politically polarizing issue. But um, in general, I think if you're a private employer, you can legally require uh, uh, vaccines, uh, mandatory vaccination. Um, however, uh, I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. One, the so-called religious exemption exception, and the other is uh, for certain people, it's unsafe for them to be vaccinated due to a medical condition. So a lot is going on here in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, the state came up with a mandatory uh, uh, vaccine policy. There have been lawsuits filed by unions seeking to uh, enjoin those policies from going into effect. And private employers are just, and entrepreneurs are just trying to figure out what's the best thing for them to make sure that their people, their employees, their customers uh, are safe. Um, and uh, how do you go about doing that? Well, um, you know, given our historical interest in individual freedom in this country. And uh, we also have, as an overlay, really a, a difficulty that employers are finding in hiring right now. So uh, all this stuff has to be weighed by the business owner and figuring out what's the right policy for them. And also relevant is how extensive is remote work still? You know, it's one thing, uh, uh, you know, in our firm, everybody's working, we're open for business, but there's no mandatory uh, requirement that people be in the office a particular number of days, um, as long as they're doing their work wherever they can do it. Um, so, you know, getting back to mandatory vaccinations, if you have a employee who can effectively work remotely, well, you just, you know, a policy is not going to affect them because you could say, you know, you can't be in the office, but you can work remotely and participate by Zoom. But if someone can't work remotely, now you get into the question of, uh, um, and you have a mandatory vaccination policy, can you terminate it? Um, can you suspend them without pay? What's uh, and that's where you get into this um, conflict between, you know, the individual rights of an employee versus 
the needs of, of the company. So uh, you know, it's all very whole, complicated and it's very political, it seems like too. Well, you know, you really went down the continuum, uh, you know, and I, I'll make a couple of thoughts and then I'll let you go again. You know, the whole thing you mentioned about labor, you know, if you're negotiating on behalf of a, a labor group and you have 10, 15% of your workforce doesn't want to be told what to do, the person who's doing the negotiating is in a quite a good position, advantageous to their uh, position. They have to argue it, even if they think that they're going to lose it. And no employer, especially private companies, wants to see a strike. They don't want to have a problem. They don't want the legal process. It gets very expensive. So there's a pro even though there's a law, there's a pro prohibitive thing. And then I think, you know, as you went down the continuum and you talked about people working at your firm, you see what happened at PricewaterhouseCoopers about three weeks ago, where they said, there's no requirement for anyone to work in the office anymore. Pricewaterhouse has a lot of overhead. I see that as a total recruiting strategy and cultural strategy. Here they are out there competing with the top firms, and they're able to say, if you work for us, just get your work done. You work where you want to work. Uh, there's implications for culture, competitiveness, how it affects the rest of uh, the rest of us again. So I think there's just so much going on. And to just look at it from the law isn't enough. There are all these implications of if you want to challenge your employer, nobody wants to get into a big legal mess, not, not employees and not employers right now. That's true. And in that regard, I'll, I'll get on my usual soapbox and say, if you're a business owner, please, 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 please consider employment practices, liability insurance. Um, even if it, they certainly don't cover everything, but um, they're very reasonably priced and the protection uh, potentially on defense costs is huge. And uh, it's, worth, it's worth looking into that. You know, we had a, a longtime employee who was a paralegal, still is an employee, great, great uh, colleague. Uh, a paralegal who moved to Florida, I would say 10 or 12 years ago. And she has been working remotely for a decade. And uh, it's been seamless. And uh, silly me, not understanding the potential broader implications for that for our firm, uh, which, as you know, is uh, principally a regional firm, and uh, to have, uh, you know, what technology allows you to do. And, um, and she participates, has participated in department meetings by Zoom. Uh, I'm walking down the hall passing, and there's a department meeting in a conference room, and she waves to me. Uh, you know, and it, it, she's been great. And so this has really been a teaching moment and it's an opportunity. I think you hit the nail on the head, Jeffrey, with it's a great opportunity for recruiting, for recruiting top quality people who can, uh, if you're flexible, given the labor market, I think that's really important. Now, I do have a challenge next week because, uh, uh, We've hired a young lawyer in my practice area. Uh, as you know, I handle a lot of disputes between companies 
disputes between partners. And, uh, um, you know, he's just a few years out of school. And the onboarding process, the mentoring process, the um, connecting someone to the culture of the firm and developing relationships, not just with the people that he's going to be working with every day, but the broader firm community as well. That's the challenge, I think, uh, with a strategy like Pricewaterhouse's strategy. And, uh, but, you know, we've gone through what's two full tax seasons now for CPAs where hardly no one's been in the office and they've been able to do the work. And, um, you know, I was thinking yesterday, can you imagine what the implications of the pandemic would have been to the economy um, if there wasn't technology, what the implications would be for service providers, whether you're uh, uh, consulting with businesses or uh, providing uh, services as an accountant or a lawyer. I mean, if, if, I mean, our economy would have been so devastated, but for technology. Oh. You know, I, I moved out of my office about eight years ago. And uh, as you know, my partner wondered if I was looking to retire when I did that. And I have always been moving towards, you know, virtual. And I'm not a big fan of the old, you know, brick and mortar. Uh, I believe more in content. And I think Zoom for me has been great because I do, I've done at least 40 team building strategy sessions, seminars since the beginning of COVID. And I would say they're as effective as they've ever been because the design has been designed correctly. If I didn't design it correctly, it wouldn't make a difference if I was in person or not in person. And I think it's that way probably with your depositions, you have to ask the right questions. So I'm really more focused on content and the fact that I can work from home and have a little bit more free time for myself has made, has made my life a little bit more peaceful at times. So I think, you know, you have to adapt. Uh, I do like being in person too. I still do some in-person stuff every week, but I like the flexibility that I now have that I didn't have a couple of years ago. Um, I, I enjoy that too. And talking about needing to adapt, uh, there's a, a magician that, that uh, we've had at the firm a few times, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. And uh, he had a completely change his magic show to accommodate the pandemic and, and the Zoom. And we've had him twice during the pandemic. It's fabulous. But he was able to figure out how to do it in a completely new environment. And, uh, and I think that's what we've all had to, to do. And of course, business owners are no strangers to having to adapt to change because the only constant is change. And if you don't adapt, your business dies. Right. So you, you always have to be uh, willing to change to meet the new, the new economic realities that you face and the new challenges. Uh, look at all the challenges there are today with supply chain issues and it's really unbelievable how 
nimble um, business owners need to be. And wow. it's also exciting because it creates a new opportunity um, for, um, you know, we're no longer constrained in the same way we previously were geographically. Well, business owners understand the law of the jungle, entrepreneurship, adapting to what's going on, the conditions that go around them. You can't predict the conditions, but you can adapt to them quickly. Mark, uh, if someone were looking for more insight into these areas, the labor practices, employment contracts, uh, how would they find you with Tarla Breed, Hart & Rogers? I can be reached at 617-218-2025. That's my direct, or my email is mfurman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at tbhr-law.com. Thank you, Mark. And remind everybody, this is Radio Entrepreneurs, and we will continue to stay on top of what trends entrepreneurs are doing in this economy. Stay tuned for more stories.